On this week's NFE Estin Reality Check, we talk with It's On about virtualizing carrier support platforms. Nexius, accelerating network and business transformation. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com. Hello, welcome. Uh, thanks for joining us on this week's NFE SDN Reality Check. I'm your host, Dan Meyer, uh, Editor-in-Chief here at RCR Wireless News. This week, we are joined by Robert Oberhofer, who's the uh, VP of Product Marketing at It's On, to talk a bit about uh, what the company's doing in the terms of virtualization and how it works with its customer partners. So, hey, Robert, thanks for joining us today. We, we appreciate it. Hey, Dan, how are you doing? Good. Nice to meet you. Great. Well, maybe if you can give us a little overview of the company, maybe for those who don't know much about It's On, I know you guys have been in the space for a while. I know you guys had some deals recently with, uh, with Sprint and Virgin Mobile. So maybe give us a little overview of the company and kind of how you're working with Sprint and, and, and Virgin Mobile. Yeah, so um, it's on as a company which has been founded in, uh, in 2008. Uh, it's based in Silicon Valley and um, it's a company which is focused on um, trying to change the way that uh, subscribers engage with carers and carers engage with subscribers. So what it comes down to is we try to offer a different way how services are configured and created on the carrier side and on the consumer side of how they're actually um, how they're actually uh, purchased and consumed. And uh, there is a there's a terminology that's called the digital service provider and digital experience. And really, what its own provides it's a it's a, it's a great uh, advanced digital experience for care services. So the way that you um, purchase voice, text, and data, the way that uh, billing works, the way that uh, you are able to go beyond voice, text, and data as a carrier, and changing as well the relationship between the subscriber and the carrier to a, um, just to, to a poorer, better experience. Got it. So, and, and as such, uh, and based in Silicon Valley, we're sort of a company which combines an internet, uh, internet mindset with a telco mindset as well. And I think that's, that's kind of what makes its own unique. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point there. Obviously, uh, there are kind of two different worlds, really. I mean, I know it's kind of coming together more and more, but you're right, there is the internet mindset of kind of the fail fast, uh, throw things out quickly, uh, make take chances, where the telecom uh, mindset is definitely very conservative. I think we all know that too. So uh, it's good to right. kind of have some experience in both of those and be able to work, kind of bridge that gap, I'm sure, is, is a big part of what you guys are doing, bringing to the market. Correct. Yeah. And so um, in, in that sense of how do you create this experience as a carrier, we're trying to, because you mentioned agility, we're trying to make it in a way that it's actually very fast for carriers to think about how can they adapt their services. And that's important because now competition is changing. Uh, it's different type of competitors that uh, carriers are facing. Uh, consumers are gravitating to all these new and exciting services and how does they still relevant as a carrier. And so being able to adapt quickly, change services, make them exciting, becomes actually business critical. And you recognize that, and that's actually one of the key components that our service that we provide uh, allows, allows carriers to do, to, to adapt it, to roll out a service, to configure it, to test it with a subset of subscribers, get the feedback, uh, quickly process that feedback, change the service, roll it out to a bigger group. So A-B comparison, so a lot of these things that uh, when you talk to internet players, that sense of agility we're bringing now to the telco world. 
Got it. Got it. And I know, I know you guys have been working a little bit with, uh, with Sprint and Virgin. I think it was a deal announced last, last year, I think, with both companies to kind of power some other platforms there. Uh, can you talk a bit about what you guys are doing with Sprint and with Virgin Mobile in terms of allowing them to kind of uh, tap into uh, what you guys are offering in, in the market? Sure. Um, so with uh, Sprint and, and Virgin, we're actually powering some of, uh, some of the services, especially Virgin. Yeah. Uh, they rolled out a, uh, a service called uh, Virgin Data and Write, uh, which rolled out actually earlier this year, mid-January. And uh, that is a, a service that is actually available um, on, you can purchase it via Walmart, you can go into Walmart store, you can actually get a virgin device off the pack, you can unwrap the device, you can start to, as an end user, configure the service completely on the device and actually have, you know, this, that kind of experience here. Yep. You can com completely configure it out of box without necessarily having to talk to somebody in the store or get the help. Uh, you can put in uh, your credit card, you can select uh, your voice, text, and data plan, add-ons that you choose, and you basically uh, can get going within five minutes. Um, so that's actually what we're doing with Virgin. Um, so rolled out mid-January, it's actually progressing very, very well. And then on the Sprint side, they're using uh, as well advanced capability that we have with the device software because on-device software is a, is a key part of the system and the solution that we provide uh, to have advanced on-device policy to help manage the way that the device is attached to the network and actually optimization there. So we have uh, both Virgin and Sprint services that actually provide uh, value to them. Got it. That makes sense. Okay, sounds good. Well, well obviously, uh, on the show, we talk a lot, a lot about virtualization and SDN and NFE and all those different uh, great new acronyms in the world. Uh, so maybe, I guess, can you touch a little bit on, I guess, how you guys bring or, or look at virtualization and how it kind of, uh, I guess, empowers your network, empowers your platform. What do you guys look uh, for virtualization to do and how is it helping you guys, uh, I guess, kind of virtualize these platforms uh, for, for your carrier customers? Right. So... So here it's where perhaps it's on is a little bit different uh, to most vendors in the telco space. And I think the first one to know is that we're a SaaS platform. Yep. Uh, so the whole platform is, is, uh, is operated by uh, its own as well. And as part of that, we're using virtualization as a way of operating a, a platform. And for the same reasons that uh, carriers are looking at SDN and NFV and that internet players are looking at as well because it does give you flexibility. It does lay out, it does allow the way that you lay out your, your service and all the different components. Um, it, it allows you to do that in a more flexible way and we take full advantage of that. Having said that, our focus was really around solving a business level problem. And so when you look at NFV or SDN, it kind of seems to be the other way around that you're looking first at how do you deploy things in a flexible way. And our, I think our first priority is how can we solve a business problem in a flexible way. And if you want to roll out, as I said, you know, you want to have agility, you want to roll out services very quickly, you want to do A-B comparison, what is the software that you need to do that? Where does policy have to sit? How do all the different components have to communicate to each other? Therefore, what are these services and APIs that you have to build to do that? And then, <laughs> then perhaps do you have the how you deploy that particular uh, 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 software, and that's where virtualization perhaps comes in. So we think of it more business problem and end user experience first, and what does it mean, and what do you have to implement, what do you have to integrate, and then virtualization is just the way that you uh, uh, 
that you deploy things. Sure, sure. Well, that's a great to look at it because obviously, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, the business model of virtualization is really what's going to make or break it. I mean, obviously, the technology part of it will get worked out. Um, you know, there's smart people out there working on these types of, of platforms. Right. Uh, it's just a matter of at the end of the day, if it makes sense financially, and for you guys to kind of tackle it that part first seems uh, probably like a, maybe a smarter way to go because, again, that is, at the end of the day, the biggest challenge. So to tackle that part of it, uh, a good way to do it, it seems like. It, it is. I mean, and, and um, uh, having the flexibility with virtualization does solve a problem, um, though it is really around the flexibility of how, how can you abstract from the underlying hardware, how do you, uh, how do you kind of dis dis disconnect from that uh, software and hardware being kind of sold as one entity, so that's actually very valuable. Mm -hmm. uh, for us, it's really though, at the, it's, it's kind of just how you deploy it, and I think there's so many other layers that really we believe there's a lot of value that, uh, um, and changes that have to be made. And so just thinking of it, uh, just thinking of virtualization per se doesn't actually necessarily help with the top level business problem. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, I was, I was going to ask you a little bit about like, maybe some challenges you saw in terms of uh, the technology aspect of it, but maybe a better question for you guys is any sort of challenges you see in terms of the business model for this? Because obviously uh, that is a, a tricky part of this. And I know operators are really uh, uh, working through that part, trying to make sure that this makes sense financially. You know, as you guys look at virtualization from a business model perspective, you know, were there, were there challenges? Are there still challenges in, in making sure that, you know, as you, as you bring this platform to operators that they actually can see, yeah, hey, this does make sense financially to go this way? Or is that still kind of a bit of a, is there still some work that needs to be done in terms of, of getting that the business model part of it right? So on the business model side, um, again, because it's a SaaS offering, sure. um, it changes because of the SaaS way of, of uh, approaching the carriers with our service <clears throat> proposition changes that from a, a business perspective and, and pretty dramatically because now you have uh, not just the way it's deployed, the way it's operated, and then the way that actually that cost is bundled into the SaaS pricing. Uh, that's kind of the big changing, uh, the, the big change that we have. Um, <clears throat> so when when we think of our our value proposition to the carrier, we don't think of what the virtualization component is per se, but what's the overvalue proposition that we provide, and what's the uh, what's the overall cost that it is for the carrier? It's actually a, a SaaS model is much easier to calculate mm -hmm. uh, for a carrier because all the operating costs are actually integrated into that model. So it simplifies things. It makes it very, very easy to understand. It very, makes it very predictable as well. Right? Mm -hmm. And it's aligned as well with the way that, uh, uh, um, well, with the carrier's uh, model as well because. Um, you have a defined cost mm -hmm. and the cost grows with the success of, of the service. And it's not that carriers have to have a lot of upfront cost into something where they don't know whether this particular vendor software is actually really going to help me on the business level or not. So SaaS, SaaS model actually helps a lot. That makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. And also from a vendor perspective, it's, it's a nice model as well because, again, it's very, a very agile model you can offer to the operators too. So it makes it a pretty, I'm guessing, an easier uh, sell or an easier, uh, uh, you know, kind of show it off to the operators too. So it's, an easy, it's, easy, it's easy for operators, easy for you guys. It seems to be a good model to go it with. Is, it is different though. So sure. it, it requires a different kind of mindset and different attitude. Um, uh, but that comes as well because we're trying to enable um, operators to think and operate in an internet way. And so uh, a different mindset comes into play, not just because of the SaaS model, it's just 
the way that, or the kind of skill set you have to bring to actually think like internet player, right? Yeah. Agility is not just a uh, software solution as well. How do you operate it? How do you, do you have even the discipline of, of taking a, or making a decision very quickly of how to adopt the service? How do you market it as well? How do you get the feedback? How do you really understand your consumer, uh, your customer better? How do you engage in a different way? So there's a lot of things that come into play. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Well, I know. Now, obviously, now your work with Sprint, uh, like you mentioned a little bit earlier, you're doing a lot of with them on helping them, I guess, uh, on the policy side of things. Obviously, how how you know what what a customer can do on the network once it attaches to the network, what their what their policy and charging systems are for for, for operators. You know, I guess I should look at, at at that move. I know operators are looking to really virtualize that whole level of the of their operations. Are you seeing pretty good progress in terms of operators? Uh, virtualizing, I guess, that policy plane in order to, you know, to, to support these, uh, these changes, these more uh, agile offerings that they want to bring to market? Because obviously, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're competing against OTT players who have this internet mindset from the get-go and a lot of their stuff is already virtualized. Uh, are you finding that operators are able to comprehend the need to really virtualize these, these parts of their operations and are moving in that direction? So, yeah, I mean, care is... <clears throat> I don't think uh, that there are carriers out there who don't want to be more nimble and want to be able to operate in a faster way. Sure, sure. And they fully understand it. And I think the desire is there. The need is there as well. Um, so carriers, um, so there is no convincing work that has to be done. Okay. The question is not whether, the question is more, how do you go about it? And in a way, there are perhaps two different uh, camps. It is the one camp says, okay, uh, we're trying to um, take different vendors' components and put them together to get towards that agility. Mm -hmm. And one of one of these things that gives us the agility is actually uh, virtualization, but that's only a subset because, again, all these different stacks. You have to have perhaps a, a, a more flexible way of rolling out the software, but I have to have software that actually talks to each other um, because if I have something that is very flexible, but another component that is independent thereof, which is not flexible, I still don't have agility. Then I have to have as well the ability of configuring it in an easy way and making sure that um, all the software components that are relevant to either an end user experience or to you know what I need from a business perspective are you know aligned. Mm -hmm. um, and so what we found out as we go uh, as we went on that journey is. There are a lot of things that are absolutely critical of being very tightly integrated and really have a good understanding of each other and others that are less relevant. And what we ended up um, today is that I would say all the key components that enable, let's call it a digital experience mm -hmm. or agility are the ones that more or less we integrate into our system. Okay. So, um, so to come to these two camps, it is, do you build out that integration yourself? You select all the sort of best of breed components. You, you know, everything is real time. Everything is very flexible and agile. Or do you actually go with a solution which has it pre-integrated? And we sort of, it's on this as a, as a vendor in, in, in the second camp. And so that's, it's, it's almost a philosophical question, right? Yeah. Um, uh, well, I mean, I yeah, but I guess I, it does seem a, a, an important part of that, though, is the interoperability aspect of it. Because again, you know, even if you bring a, a complete package to an operator, uh, there has to be a, at some point. I'm sure the operator want to make sure that that works across uh, other other vendors that they might have, or other other platforms they might have. And so, and, and I know at least in the virtualization space, it does seem like they're still in this kind of uh, feeling out process when it comes to 
uh, the standards bodies and processes and making sure everything's interoperable because that does, you know, people have different views of what a standard could be and I know Etsy's doing you know, things. There's always different you know, organizations working on that. I guess is, is the interoperability challenge, uh, is, that, is that being tackled, do you think, to, a, to a, a significant enough degree at this point or is that still something that, that kind of has to be uh, worked on uh, as this evolution kind of continues across, across the networks? Well, it is, it is like the birth of a new operating model or operating system per se, right? And I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of competing interests there. And I don't think that we have yet, uh, just on the virtualization and the way it's operating and orchestrated, that we have a very common uh, uh, platform or a true operating system per se. Yeah. Though, uh, from its own perspective, where we're more in the BSS, OSS yeah. uh, policy space, um, there is even less so a, a sort of new operating system in the way that you actually handle things in an agile way. Mm-hmm. Um, you have individual components, you have standards which define how these components should work together, but these standards have been defined 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> this evolved a little bit, but they're not necessarily helping with the business problem that you have today, which is not necessarily voice, text, and data, but it's mm-hmm. actually how do you engage the subscriber, how do you make sure that the subscriber is is, is uh, always aware of what's happening with the service. It gets full transparency, real time. It's not, you know, it's, it's not pervasive in, in all the components. So it's a lot of things that have to come together to really make things truly agile and a truly great reduce experience. And there's no uh, definition. So similar to how, you know, the Googles or the Apples or the Facebooks, they go and build that vertically integrated mm-hmm. capability to get there and to fulfill whatever business purpose they're, they're, they're trying to achieve. Very similar here. So all these layers need um, ways of talking to each other or understanding each other. And it's not there on the virtualization space. We're getting there. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely not there when it comes to sort of the carrier middleware. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything has to play well. Yeah, that's a big challenge because, again, operators are looking uh, as they make this move to virtualization uh, to simplify, I guess, at the end of the day, trying to make sure everything's simpler because that, again, leads to greater efficiencies and greater agility. Uh, And until it seems like those uh, parts can be uh, really simplified, that's going to perhaps hinder at the end of the day uh, their their complete end goal, uh, at least one of the end goals of of obviously making these these services uh, easier to to manage and, and, and to provision and stuff too. So it seems like that's... Uh, definitely still a challenge for for that, it sounds like. Yeah. Well, unless the software that actually sits on top of it is aware of the capabilities and is aware of the flexibility, um, you're not going to get quite the benefits out of it as well. And so in our case, we, the the software has been written right from the beginning with that flexibility in mind. And so we fine-tune the software to make sure that it works well with the virtual machines, it works well in the architecture of how it all plays together. And so because the underlying, uh, in, in the virtualization space, the underlying environment is still evolving, yeah. um, it's kind of very tough to fine tune and write the software in a way, and architect in a way that actually works well with an environment that is not very well defined. Yeah, interesting. And that's one of the benefits as well of being a SaaS provider, is yeah. that you have kind of control over all these different layers, and you can guarantee that things play very well together from a the way that the data is exchanged, the way that the APIs work, work as well as the way that you fine-tune uh, you know, your, your storage layer and your, your service layer and the front end as well. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And obviously, again, because we are kind of early in, this, in the process, and obviously you guys are already working with operators. So yeah, I mean, it seems like that, that SaaS model is 
uh, a very efficient way to do this, at least, you know, for these operators. I mean, it, it seems to allow them that flexibility uh, to, to roll this stuff out now uh, and, and should guarantee the ability to inter interoperate uh, down the line as well. So it's a good, it seems like a good model at least for, for now for operators. Yeah, and it helps. And at the end, um, carriers need very reliable SLAs. Yeah. And how do you manage SLAs if the responsibility is, is with so many different players, yeah. it's something that still has to be, um, still has to be worked out. Yeah, and it's interesting because again, like you said at the beginning of the conversation, I mean, obviously telco has a very different model or a view of the world as opposed to the internet world. I mean, telco has a very strict uh, SLAs and uh, uh, you know the, the five nines models and things like that. Not that the internet world doesn't as well, but uh, it seems like tel the, the telecom industry uh, has a very rigid way of looking at things. And if you know things don't match their uh, their reliability needs. Uh, they get a little nervous, and that uh, that tends to kind of then push right. off uh, their decision making. So yeah, and and, and rightly so. I mean, it is it is what makes the telco a telco. So that's not necessarily going away. Mm -hmm. um, internet players handle it in a different way, but it helps a lot of internet players that uh, uh, the, you know not all services are necessarily paid for. So yeah. the expectation is different as well. Yeah. And so on one hand, for some service, perhaps uh, the telco players can be less stringent. And that helps as well uh, the way that you architect your system and you um, you basically allow the software to be built to be tolerant um, and, uh, and and more flexible that way. And it makes things a little bit more cost efficient as well. Sure, sure, makes sense. Makes sense. Okay, well, maybe I guess a final wrap up question. I mean, as, as you look forward and look ahead to what it, to what it's on is doing, but also as you view kind of the telecom space and how they're adapting to this new virtualized world. I mean, do you see any sort of great challenges, or what's I guess your you know what do you see as kind of maybe uh, some of the things that probably have to be worked on uh, to really allow I guess the next the next evolution or the next step in terms of kind of this move towards uh, this, this new virtualized uh, this new virtualized world we're all we're all seeing more and more of. Right. Yeah, I think I think it kind of alluded to that. It's um, uh, for it to be widely adopted and for the uh, for the um, how should software vendors yeah. um, to actually adopt it fully, you need the underlying let's call it the operating model or the operating system that is really just emerging right now to be to be stable. Mm -hmm. And once it is it is stable, it is fully understood. Once you know how to fine tune your software for that environment, mm -hmm. things start to then evolve. It will take it will take time. So then in the meantime, though, if you have to solve a business problem, how do you how do you roll it out? Um, the SaaS model seems to be very, very um, yeah, seems to be the right model for that. Yeah. You get that flexibility, uh, you get the, the the cost efficiencies of the internet model. Um, you get the predictability with regards from a business perspective, you know, in, in, with the SaaS perspective. You get all the benefits of uh, a new architecture, a new way of doing things, uh, all the agility, um, and uh, you don't have to wait for a year or two or three years for everything to be in place. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. Well, great. Well, Robert, we definitely appreciate the great insight on this today. Obviously, uh, you guys have been in the space here for a while now. Have some great uh, real world experience there. Obviously, with Sprint and Virgin Mobile, so it's good to get some some insight from you guys on what's happening out there in the, in the world. We definitely appreciate the the time and insight today. Thanks so much for that. Great. Welcome. Great. Great. Thanks. Well, great. Well, great. well, thanks again for joining us on this week's NFESD and Reality Check, and uh, make sure to check us out again next week. Thanks for watching. NFVSDN Reality Check with Dan Meyer is a production of RCR-TV. 
To suggest show topics or to reach Dan, you can find him on email, dmeyer at rcrwireless.com and on Twitter at Meyer underscore Dan. For more Dan, news on NFVSDN and everything wireless, find your way over to rcrwireless.com.